Welcome to the Intentional Family Podcast. I'm Rachel, your host, with my co-host, Mike. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great. Tonight we're recording, and I had a plan, and it shifted just on some recent messages we have heard. And sometimes we're, when we're inspired like that, we like to just run with it, because it's much better to record when it's something that's fresh and exciting. Wouldn't mm -hmm. you agree? Yeah, when you're excited about something, that's the best time to talk about it for sure. There was also a really cool thing that happened to us recently. <laughs> we had a listener send in uh, some fan mail, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for reference, we recorded an episode called Silencio Bruno, which was your idea based off of the Luca movie. Mm -hmm. Bruno being the voice in your head that says that you can't do certain things. And we had a listener who went to, I believe it was a conference where the person who played Alberto, the boy in that movie, who said that line originally, uh, they were speaking or they were there or something, and they bought one of those Funko Pop dolls of the Alberto character and had the person who played Alberto sign it, mm -hmm. Silencio Bruno, so, <laughs> and then sent it to us, which was super cool. It's sitting on the bookshelf back here. And uh, thank you so much for sending that in. That really is a, a special memento and means a lot to, to both of us. Yeah, thank you. That was really fun and sweet to get in the mail. Mm -hmm. And very humbling for me because we don't, I don't know, I guess you just don't feel like you have much to offer sometimes. And you're like, well, I'm just going to record this stuff. And it's what I'm learning and what is really exciting for me right now hoping that it helps someone else too mm -hmm. with no like big aspirations with number of downloads or how many people are actually listening. <laughs> I, have, I have no idea. Right. Like, I don't see any of that stuff because that's not the why for us. Yep, exactly. We just want to talk about some of the things that we've learned. I won't even say that we've mastered because we're definitely oh, still on yeah. this journal journey <laughs> with everybody else. Uh, but kind of the encouragement that I always give people is keep going keep growing that's yeah. kind of the the mantra yeah and if my voice sounds weird tonight it's because we had a soccer tournament yesterday <laughs> and uh i shall we say i'm a very vocal coach so i screamed <laughs> yeah. from the sideline for three straight soccer games and <laughs> yeah. hearing it back in the headphones here tonight i can tell it's a little little scratchy <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for pushing through and recording with me anyway <laughs> no problem silencio bruno <laughs> yeah silencio bruno <laughs> but continuing on we are talking about what i am labeling take the lid off and why am i doing that well because we want to talk about something called the grasshopper mentality and my kids he has taught on this and written on this before and let me give you my rundown of this, and then he can talk about his view of it as well. Sure. Real quickly, the tie-in here from Silencio Bruno is that that voice in your head that says you can't, that is a form of a lid, Yeah. whether it is put on by yourself or put on by somebody else. And uh, that's kind of the, the hardest thing to overcome sometimes is when you have people in your life who are very well-meaning, mm -hmm. but... They're trying to push you in a direction that they think is best for you and it maybe isn't the best thing for you. That is a form of a lid that will keep you in your container and keep your life small. And sometimes you stay in that that jar for a, 
a real long time. Um, so as that as a backdrop, let's talk about the grasshoppers. And as you said that, I realized that this is really a boundaries episode too, in the sense where that lid, what like you just said, it could be limiting beliefs that we have of ourselves. It could be labels that were put on us by maybe well-meaning people in our life and or maybe vindictive people in our life. It could go either way. But either way, it's a boundary that has been placed in our life and we may not have created that ourselves. I am just starting a book for bookworm called Courage is Calling by Ryan Holiday, one of my favorite authors. He's got a really great style. And I feel like he just reads a lot. And so he has a lot of not just information, but revelation that he synthesizes and puts out into the world. He owns his own bookstore down in Austin, Texas with all the books that he's read. And I told you the other day, like, I kind of want to be like Ryan Holiday. <laughs> I want to have, you know, hundreds of thousands of books that I've I've read and then have my own bookstore and just have learned so much from those that it just comes pouring out. Anyways, Courage is Calling is his latest book. And the very first chapter is a chapter about Florence Nightingale, who was the one of the pioneers behind like the Red Cross. And in, I think it was the 1840s in England, when she wanted to go help out at the hospitals because she saw all the soldiers from the war who were kind of dying needlessly, that was totally socially taboo for her. And her parents, they were pretty well off. And so there was this expectation that she was going to go to all these fancy parties and she was going to meet a nice young man and she was going to get married and she was going to raise kids and stay at home. And that was, that was it. So when she finally mustered up the courage to say, no, I don't want to do that. Her whole family just shut her out, you know, and that's kind of the same deal as like her parents honestly thought this is the best path forward for you, but they didn't know what was really going on in her soul and in her spirit, mm-hmm. what what was really, you know, her calling, the, the thing that gave her life. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure they would have said, you know, it's in our, it's, it, we have your best interests at heart yeah. when we're trying to tell you this is the, the thing that mm-hmm. you should do. Yeah. And I would say as parents, that's, that's an easy trap to fall into, having a certain mindset about what our children should do. And one good example, I guess, would be the automatic is you graduate high school and you go to college. Okay, that's fine. But what are we going to do when we get to college? Are they going to be like so many that go and keep switching majors because they don't actually know why they're going? Or do they actually have a purpose and and end in sight? And it's very important to guide our children, but then also give a healthy environment for them to find out for themselves what really drives them like what am what are my strengths and we have mentioned here before that we're developing some marketable skills in our oldest two children based on what their interests are and what their strengths are trying to not put on them like you're gonna do this Mm because we did this or this makes sense yeah, the the marketable skill thing with like Toby, for example, editing the podcast, Joshua getting into some graphic design stuff. It's not, well, here, let's get you a skill so you have something safe to fall back on. It's more so encouraging their interests mm-hmm. in a specific direction where they can see 
how that might be marketable. And that's, I know, not going to be the thing. Like, Toby's not going to be a podcast editor in 20 years. But he's going to edit podcasts, and he's going to find something ancillary to that, which is interesting. And then he'll go explore that. And then he'll find something else ancillary to that and go explore that. And then pretty soon, he lands on the thing Mm -hmm. that is what he loves to do. But he's not just throwing darts at the wall and hoping that something sticks. There's some direction in in the the exploration. Yeah. You you follow the next step and then also you're also ingraining in the the back of your mind, you know, this is a marketable skill. So ultimately what we want to do is we want to align the things that we're excited about, we're passionate about. The root word for passion is petite, literally means to suffer. So it's not just what do you love to do? It's what are you passionate about? What are you willing to suffer to see come about? What are you willing to go through some stuff in order to to see it mm-hmm. happen? And at the same time, also aligning that with what are the things that are valuable in the mm-hmm. marketplace? What are and, and don't get thrown off by that term. It's not all about making money. Mm-hmm. If you meet a need, you will make money. Yeah. And so what it is is it's aligning your your passions. With the needs, mm-hmm. and if you can meet the needs with your your passions, then you have the means to provide for yourself, your family, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that that's the kind of thing where, like, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life, right? Well, that's not entirely true. You're not going to love every aspect of your job, yeah. But you can be infused with so much purpose and meaning mm-hmm. behind what you do that you're excited to wake up in Monday on Monday morning and get back to work yeah. instead of oh man, I got to go back to this soul sucking job that I yeah. don't want to do. Yeah. And that's the whole idea of taking the lid off. And that's a great picture of um, creating, I don't know, like possibilities and like this, you know, you could develop this skill and have fun doing it. And then what could this lead to instead of having such a small little world and a small little view that we don't even explore new things, that new things are scary. We want new things to be exciting. And to not be afraid of what's unknown. Yeah, because you you really don't know what you're capable of until you try some yeah. of those things. I you, never thought I'd be talking into a microphone recording a podcast. <laughs> that was all part of my ingenious plan to get you a little bit outside your comfort zone <laughs> to see what you were capable of. Mwah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> no, it's, it's true, though. Like The spot right outside your your comfort zone, right outside your current ability, where you can see the path from where you are to who you need to be in order to do the thing you want to do. Mm-hmm. That's where flow happens. And flow by Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, uh, that's one of the books that's referenced the most out of everything that we read for Bookworm, basically talks about kind of being in the zone with your work. Like if you're writing, for example, you're in flow, when you're not even thinking about the clock and the words are just coming, Where, as opposed to being intimidated by that blinking, that blinking <laughs> cursor, you know, I got to crank out a thousand words by my deadline this afternoon. Yeah. Okay. So that flow state, that happens when we're pushed. Mm-hmm. We have to learn to push ourselves, though, because unless you have parents who really take this responsibility seriously and we try to do that although i'm sure we're not perfect at it and push our kids to do these things that they don't think they can do and develop that confidence in them if you don't have somebody like that 
then the easy path is just to go back to what yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be comfortable, maybe, most likely not. I mean, <laughs> I got to preach last Wednesday at church and I kind of talked about this. The Israelites kept going back to Egypt, yeah. even though they were slaves there, because that's what they knew. They had they, they couldn't envision them in the promised land that God had told them was theirs. Mm-hmm. And so that's where this whole <laughs> grasshopper thing comes in. That's from Deuteronomy 28. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Deuteronomy 28. Maybe it's a different chapter. I forget. <laughs> Deuteronomy 28 is the one with the, if you follow the commands of yeah. God, and then that gives all the, the blessings. I give before you today, blessing or cursing, choose life so that you may live, that sort of thing. Uh, numbers 11, 5. Numbers, that's that, it. Yep. Yeah, particularly. Like, the Israelites are in the desert. They were in slavery in Egypt for 400 years, and they were delivered like God through Moses delivered them and they're in the desert and God is providing for every need that they have. And in Numbers 11, 5, it says, we, we remember when we ate fish in Egypt along with the leeks and onions and we have nothing to eat but manna. So the, they're so sh- short-sighted about the food in front of them that they were willing to go back into slavery just to have more options to eat. And that is a grasshopper victim slave mentality and Mm -hmm. that is a limiting belief that's where that lid is on there and when we talk about the grasshopper the idea is that if you put a grasshopper in a container with a lid you know grasshoppers can jump really high and if you take the lid off obviously they jump out but if you keep the lid on long enough and, you you know, there's air holes, they can stay alive and there's stuff in there for them to eat. If you do that long enough and you take the lid off, they have been conditioned to not jump. They are groomed to fail and they will not jump out to their safety and rescue yeah. and freedom. And that is that is the picture that we want to paint today. We want to rip that lid off of our lives so that we can jump to freedom, jump to safety, jump to our destiny, jump to what is possible. Because humans are so incredibly capable of so much more than we even attempt oftentimes. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know the percentages, but if you look up like how much of our brain capacity do we actually utilize on a day to day basis? It's staggering how small of a percentage of our brain that we actually utilize. <laughs> and that's just a picture, one picture we can paint of the vast potential that we have. Yeah, I, I found that that story. It's a little bit after the verse you just mentioned. It's in Numbers 13. Uh, this is the one that I had written about previously. And it's kind of like what you were talking about. You, you get accustomed to your surroundings, just like the grasshopper that mm-hmm. keeps jumping, hits it, hit its head on the the top of the jar, you get so used to that lid being there that when you when it's gone, you don't even notice it. Mm-hmm. And then you could jump away to freedom, but you don't because you've been conditioned. It hurts. Mm-hmm. I've jumped before and I've hit my head and I don't want to do that again. I don't want to fail again. Yeah. So I'm just not going to try. And uh, Numbers 13 is when Caleb and Joshua come back with the rest of the spies and they say, the promised land is awesome, you guys. Let's go get it. And then everybody else who went with is like, no, 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 we can't. We can't. There, there's giants there, bro. <laughs> Didn't you see them? That we were like grasshoppers in their sight. Mm-hmm. So that's where the term grasshopper mentality really sticks for me because these giants that they're comparing themselves to, 
I mean, there's, yeah, they're big, but that's an exaggerated scale for sure. Yeah. And then they start making up stuff like <laughs> the ground is opening up and oh, swallowing the inhabitants. Well, why isn't it that's swallowing up the giants then? I mean, <laughs> it's very selective. Yeah. Yeah. So there, this is like classic. I don't want to do a thing and I'm just going to say a bunch of random stuff yeah. so I don't have to do it. Oh, how often do we do that? <laughs> this is so ridiculous. It, it it sounds, I don't know. It, you're right. We all do this. But when I think of this stuff, I think of like the stuff our kids do. <laughs> the excuses they oh try to goodness. use for not cleaning their room or something. We had some stuff happen. So we had a virtual church service tonight. And one of our sons is like, hey, can I take sketch notes on the iPad? Sure, that's fine. Okay, so we ask him afterwards, what did you get? He's like, well, I had to fix a bunch of things. <laughs> I'm like, no, you didn't have to fix anything. <laughs> you chose to. Yeah. You were distracted. Mm -hmm. And I said, mom and I, we have to learn, just like you do, to block out those distractions. Yeah. And that's kind of pertaining to this grasshopper mentality too. I mean, the giants are distractions. Yeah. They're not an, a true impediment to mm -hmm. this promise, to taking this promised land, but they manufacture that excuse, oh, I saw that thing over there, so therefore I can't. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it's frustrating to me to see people who conform to a life that is less than what God wants for them. Yeah. You know, John 10, 10 talks about the abundant life that Jesus won for us. Jeremiah 29, 11, come to give you a future and a hope. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just need to believe that our good father knows what he's doing. Yeah. And trust him to show us the next step, even if we can't see the end result. Right. And I struggle with this every day. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting. What I thought of as you were talking and the crazy exaggerated picture that the 10 spies gave versus Joshua and Caleb who gave like a faith report like, yeah, there's giants, but we got this. You know, God gave us this land. Let's do this thing. And the other ones that were so ridiculous and exaggerated. When I was talking to my son in the car today, we've listened and listened to all the Chronicles of Narnia audio dramas and we've seen some of the films and we have i have read chronicles of narnia to them as just like a read aloud in our house and now he's reading them all on his own and i asked him i said is the book better than the audio book the audio drama the movie he's like oh yeah i said do you want to know why he's like why I'm like because our brains and our imagination can go so far and so much further than anything we could try to put on a film, a man-created film, for us to actually see with our eyes. And I feel like that is just also on the negative. That's why fear has to be dealt with immediately because what will happen is, if you think about the grasshopper again, trying to hop out, the grasshopper keeps hitting their head on the lid and then the lid's off. But they've already created this narrative in their little grasshopper brain. And that hurts. Why would I ever do that ever, ever, ever <laughs> again? And if we think about it, how many times does something happen to us and we create this crazy 
outlandish narrative in our own head and things that we would never even tell anyone about. But if we really take the time to reflect, we've created these crazy narratives in our head of that are driven by fear. None of this is ever going to happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we are we just let that fear run circles in our mind and be so crazy of a story that it stops us from taking action. You know, there's a there's two different kinds of fear. There's being scared, which is the emotion. Mm-hmm. And then there is being afraid, which is basically being paralyzed, yeah. unable to move, mm-hmm. unable to take the action that you know you need to take. And you can be scared, feel the emotion, and still take action. Yeah. Uh, that Courage is Calling book, it's interesting. Ryan Holiday is not a Bible scholar, but he shares in that second chapter the most used phrase in the Bible, probably the King James Version of the Bible is the one he's he's looking at, is be not afraid. Mm-hmm. In other words, the feeling that you're feeling right now, don't let it stop you. Yeah. Go ahead and be scared for a minute and then collect your wits. Remember yeah. who God is and who he says you are. Yeah. <laughs> and then take action anyways. Yeah. So when it comes to uh, the grasshopper, I feel like that's kind of the inverse of that. I'm afraid of hitting my head on the lid even though there's nothing at the moment to be scared of. Yeah. And that is the really the one that kind of boggles my mind <laughs> is we've just become so conditioned that we don't even feel the feeling of being scared of the result, but we just kind of inherently believe because we've been conditioned, our default is failure if we step out there and, and yeah. try something. We need to think bigger. Yeah. Ed Cole says... The most powerful thing a man can do is create an image. Mm-hmm. Create an image of a future of a life worth living. Yeah. To get to the end and say, I have no regrets because mm-hmm. I didn't let fear and being afraid keep me from pursuing those things, those passions that were in my heart. You know, you're going to feel those passions, that that pain, that suffering. You can feel that now as you overcome some stuff or you can wait to get the end of your life and then really feel it because oh i should have tried it yeah and i when you said the fear that paralyzes i was reminded of something i dealt with from age six to 23 and i would have i started having this nightmare and it was shortly after my dad passed away i had this recurring nightmare that i will never speak out i can still remember it but i will never speak it out what it was and I would be, I would wake up so afraid that I would be paralyzed in fear. Like I couldn't move my body because I was so afraid. And it didn't stop until in my mind, or I could say it out of my mouth, Jesus. And then I'd fall back asleep or I could get up, use the restroom and go back to sleep. And that is like how powerful fear can be. And it wasn't until I was 23 and I read this book called Piercing the Darkness. And it's a it's a fiction novel. And what it did was it opened my eyes and I was able to imagine something different than having that recurring nightmare. I was able to see that the, there's more that 
to the story. <laughs> there's a spirit, there's a soul, there's a body that's happening here. And I don't have to lay victim to that paralysis and lay in fear in my bed anymore. And from that point on, just that realization of a bigger picture, a bigger realm, that the spirit realm, I never had that ever again since then. And it wasn't like this big foo-foo thing I did, like big woo-woo, like I'm never going to do this again. It was just like a, my eyes were opened and I never had to deal with that again. And I, well, I'm super thankful for that. But that's how powerful fear can be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fear always focuses on the negative and the opposite of that is faith with which always focuses on the the positive interestingly faith and fear have the same definition which Mm -hmm. is the belief that what you can't see is going to come to pass (laughs) so interesting and Mm -hmm. we manufacture all these negative scenarios in our heads I don't know why. Maybe because we figure if we just think worst case scenario, then whatever actually happens isn't going to be that bad. But we create that reality. Mm -hmm. We put that energy out there. We create that image and our brain can't differentiate. Oh, that's the bad one. Stay away from that one. That's what it sees. Mm -hmm. So that's what it creates. Mm -hmm. And we need to think not why is all this bad stuff happening and looking for the 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 next shoe to drop but why can't those stories that inspire us why can't that be us yeah you know instead of looking for a reason why it can't you just ask yourself why why not yeah why not me right and i've been kind of going through this lately myself uh, it's it it's difficult you can get excited about other people who are doing stuff and you can see sometimes the talents and the abilities in other people easier than you can see them in your own life, mm-hmm. especially if you've had a lid put on in different different scenarios. You just don't think very highly of yourself or your abilities. And it's taken a couple people that have been close to me at different points in the last couple of weeks to say, you know what, you got to quit talking that way mm-hmm. because you're really good at this. Yeah. And the moment that you can start to believe that, that's when you start to see new opportunities. Mm-hmm. That's the moment where you start to see a, a path forward in your life mm-hmm. towards the your ideal future. Yeah. You know, the, the life that that you want to live. But if you're if you never get over that that fear, if you don't believe that you have the at least capability, capacity, you know, potential inside of you for something bigger and something greater, then that lid is still on. Yeah. And I've found it to be so valuable, the family core values we've created in our life, because when I feel overwhelmed or feel like, oh my gosh, how can I like teach my kids at home? How can I homeschool my kids? This is too much. I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't know anything about this certain subject. This is too much. And then I remember the why, which we've created and we've instilled in ourselves and we're trying to instill in our children. And that is what keeps me going. And when you talk about how we have this really negative narrative about ourselves, unless we really change that. And that is so important. And I've been writing a little bit lately of trying to create these little um, action items, worksheets. So I'm developing a mini like how to make family core values for yourself. And we're going to do a little course at some point. So I'm trying to develop that. 
And it's interesting because I'm trying to deconstruct the process we went through to create those several years ago because we've already seen tons of fruit from doing it. And a lot of it is creating pictures of what we want to be, who we want to be, where we want to see ourselves in the future. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that can be cliche because there's a lot of ways to do that that's out there. You know, we're not the only people talking about this by any stretch of the imagination, but it works. Mm-hmm. And it's cr- creating a new mental picture for our life. Yeah. And I would I would just add to that, uh, we also probably don't feel like we are the most qualified to oh, do it Oh, my either. goodness. Not at all. <laughs> but it's the kind of thing where we can't keep it inside. We yeah. care about it so much. And right. so even though there are people who are probably much better than us at oh, communicating absolutely. and explaining yes. these things, we're going to do what we can. Yep. And it's also interesting. There's all these different experts out there who are sharing what they've learned. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of discovered again recently that no one thing works for everybody. Yep. One of the very first productivity books that I read was Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. And I remember the whole idea behind that is get up early, do the the big thing that you're putting off first. Mm-hmm. And then even if the rest of your day goes haywire, you've had a productive day because at least yeah. you got that big mm-hmm. thing done. It comes from the Mark Twain quote, if you got to eat a live frog, mm-hmm. you may as well do it first thing in the morning. <laughs> get right? it over with. But for uh, the Focus podcast I do with David Sparks, we recently interviewed Jesse Anderson, who went through a big struggle in his life until he finally uh, realized that he struggles with ADHD. And he now he creates a whole bunch of content around ADHD as a as an ADHD brain contrasted with a neurotypical brain. And he basically said, he's got a whole essay on how that's terrible advice for someone with ADHD. Don't eat the frog, eat the ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Do the thing that gives you that dopamine kick at the beginning. And I thought about that and I'm like, well, that's true. Maybe that's true for for him. And I don't want to get into like the ADHD versus neurotypical stuff. But I think the larger point is that everybody has to figure out what works yes. for them. Yep. You can't There's just no say for yeah. everyone. You can't just say, "Oh, well that person over there, they know what they're talking about. Brian Tracy, he's way more successful than me, mm-hmm. so I should just do what he says." Yeah. No, I've mm-hmm. met a whole bunch of people, Jesse Anderson, the most recent example where that doesn't work and you yeah. got to figure something else yep. out. And it doesn't so, mean there's anything wrong with you if it doesn't work for you. Exactly. You just haven't found the right yeah. version of it yet. So even though there's other people who are saying things, doing things, making things, <laughs> we have our own, by nature, we have our own spin on it. Yeah. And you have your own spin on whatever message that God has put in your heart and you yeah. need to get it out into the world. Do not yeah. deprive the universe of yes, your contribution absolutely. just because you think somebody else has already said something about yeah. that topic. Yeah, that's a huge source of putting a lid in your life and... Um, have a, having a, this limiting belief, like stopping yourself from the growth and the incredible things that that could happen in your life is all these other people are doing this or all these other people are better than me. Well, who cares? <laughs> There's going to be someone that will respond to your message differently than someone else who may have a very similar same message. And we just never know who is on the other side of our obedience, as our pastor says. Yep. And the whole reason we're here is because I had this message burning in my heart that I want to share what I'm learning. Mm-hmm. 
had nothing to do with it. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but if anything I go through, good or good or bad, can help someone, I want to I want to give that because yep. so many have done that for me in my life. Yeah. And freely, I've been given. Freely, I want to give. Yeah. Teach what you know. You don't have to be an expert to help somebody. Right. Absolutely. And um, so the I hope that you can uh, take some lids off your life or recognize what's been holding you back. Because when we are filled with those lies and all of that negativity or labels that have been put on us by ourselves or others, then we're going to be really stopped up from progressing. It's going to be miserable. Yeah, we're going to be stuck. And maybe we're really good, like Mike, at recognizing the talents in other people. And saying, wow, you're really good at this, or you can do this. But we're really bad at seeing it in ourselves. Very critical of yourself, maybe. Yeah, because yeah. I know I struggle with that. I'm very critical. I'm very hard on myself. Whereas other people, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, mm-hmm. I'll try to think the best of them, but not of myself. And so let's just combat that grasshopper mentality and that limiting thinking and not being paralyzed by fear. And really identifying the takeaway for me today is, who am I? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, for me, it's like, who does God say that I am? Yep. And reminding myself of all the things that, um, like, God has brought me through over the years and the message he's put in my heart and the identity he's given me through the good times and through the bad. And I would like you to take some time to reflect on that. Like, who are you truly? Who, where do you want to go in the future? Take some time to consider, like, your future and create a new mental picture. Yep. Silence those negative voices. Silencio Bruno. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So I hope you are inspired by this episode. And we are very humbled and honored to walk this life with you. We thank you so much for listening to the Intentional Family Podcast. We can be found at intentionalfamily.fm and until next time, join us in living life intentionally.